this morning. Father, we, we want that. We want this, this time to be your time where your word influences us to live a life that brings honor and glory to your name. That we can come to the table and experience you intimately and know that you indeed love us and forgive us and you renew us so that our lives going forward can be new and different and glorify you. Lord, not only do we want this time, we want all our future, our words, our actions, and our relationships to just speak about you, to be filled with you, and in so doing, to glorify you. So help us in this time to be strengthened and encouraged that our lives would accomplish just that, all to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. You've got to have a seat as we uh, focus on the word here. And uh, we're in a series called uh, God Loves Sex, and uh, remember what we're doing, right? We're looking at the uh, Song of Solomon. Uh, Some Bibles refer to it as the Song of Songs, and of course you all remember how to get there, right? So you're doing that magic thing and getting to the the place right away, right? So we're going to be basically in the second chapter, a little bit of the third chapter of uh, the Song of Songs or Song of Solomon. And for those that weren't here last week, quick refresher course is uh, just remember that what we're doing in this book is uh, some pretty adult stuff, right? Uh, because this book is an adult book. Uh, the language is beautiful, it's poetic, uh, but it's also uh, pretty erotic, right? It's very much an adult language kind of book. So just to forewarn you on that one. And uh, what we did last week is talk about beyond attraction, right? And so now this week uh, we go a step further and uh, the title is, uh, what, Spice? And uh, giving the relationship time to uh, season and simmer, right? So that's what we're going to do today. Uh, then next week, just kind of a disclaimer, next week we'll get into the, so we're doing God love, right? And what do you suppose comes next week? Yeah, next week will be the sex part, which I think probably means two things. Number one, uh, attendance will be up. Uh, I'm hoping, I'm hoping. Right, uh, and best place to talk about that stuff's here, right? In church, do it in church. Uh, talk about it. Uh, so, God loves sex. Uh, we're going to talk about that next week, the sex part. But that also means parents. It's important that in preparation for next week, uh, you have whatever conversations you need to have, you know, with your young people, uh, so that they come prepared. Because obviously, it's going to be an adult-like conversation, right? So, parents, just be uh, be ready for that. And be able to talk to your kids your young people uh, before next week. But today, we're going to talk about uh, relationships again and how they need to uh, simmer and season, right? And uh, we need to see that because right away we can look at uh, the second verse here of uh, Song of Solomon 2, and we can see how in the first chapter, all we talked about, their relationship is deepening and it's flourishing, and uh, these people are falling in love, right? So... Uh, He looks at her and says, She is like a lily among thistles, is my darling among young women. Ladies, not so sure about the whole thistle thing, but sure like the lily thing, right? A lily among thistles. And the woman says about the man, Like the finest apple tree in the orchard is my lover among other young men. Translation is what? Whoa, she is really hot and he is really incredibly good, right? So their relationship is moving along, wouldn't you say? I mean, their relationship is moving along, and we would probably capture it and say, wow, these people are 
falling in love, right? Now, here's the challenge. When that starts to happen in our relationships, it's easy to get caught up in the emotion of what it means for us to fall in love. But love is far more than emotion, right? I mean, we know that to be true. All we have to do is say, let's see, God is love. God loved us because he sent his son into the world to die for us and rise again, that we might have new life. You see, he didn't have an emotion that just said, boy, I really love those people, even though they're sinful. I really, really love them. No, he, did, he took an action to send his son into the world, didn't he? Love is more than emotion. And so as we see the relationship develop, today we'll learn from Solomon and his bride, the Shulamite woman, the importance of allowing your emotions to season and simmer over time. That you allow your relationship to have time. What does that look like? Well, your relationship just simply needs time, the way I describe it, time to uh, marinate, right? So we're, we're in summer, finally, right? And that means our backyard grills are probably being pulled out and dusted off. I don't know about you, one of my favorite summer things is uh, brats, right? Only I don't just like brats, I like beer brats. Anybody on board with that? Amen? All good, right? Now the key to beer brats is not the brat. The key to the beer brats is the beer. We can talk about this in church. Yes, the key is the beer, right? And for me, what's really important is you just can't kind of dunk it a little bit in the beer and pull it out and cook it, right? You got to put that thing in the pot and you got to let that thing just gurgulate, right? I mean, it's just got to infused with that flavor, right? You want to put it in the pot, you want to just let that thing boil and boil, get that thing working through it. Are you with me on this? Okay, so for you healthy people, chicken. You see, when it comes to chicken, you can take the chicken out and you can just, just put it on the grill and you say, well, okay, I'm, I want it barbecued. So you just can kind of put it on the grill and you can slather it up with sweet baby rays and, and say, there we go, right? right? Or you can take that chicken, slather it up with sweet baby rays and put it in a bag, a plastic Ziploc, and put it in the refrigerator for like 24 hours. That's the one I want. I want the one that is marinated and soaked up the flavor. Amen? Yeah, even chicken people like that. Good. So that's what you do. See, you need time to let things soak in, right? You can't just, just throw it on there and slather it. I mean, you need time. The same thing in relationships. We'll see with Solomon and the Shulamite. You need time. Here's what it says in uh, chapter 2, verse 7. It says, Promise me, O women of Jerusalem, by the gazelles and the wild deer, not to awaken love. Say it with me, will you? Until the time is, ah, until it's right, until it's right. Now, here's an insight. If there's a right, there must be a wrong, correct? If there's a right, there must be a wrong. And the reality is, the wrong is when you let your emotions consume you and you move too fast. Saying, no, wait a minute, you got to wait until the time is right, and there's even a footnote there. You see the B? So when you're reading through your Bibles and you hit those footnotes, you need to jump to the bottom of the page, find the footnote, because it'll give you a little different explanation, a little further explanation, right? So if you jump to the bottom in my translation, you get to the B, it says, or not awaken love until it is ready. It may not be ready. 
See, if you run too fast with your emotions, your relationship really isn't ready for the commitment that's involved in marriage. It needs time. It's just got to have time to marinate. How do you do that then? How do we do that? Well, we see from Solomon and the Shulamite woman some, some straightforward kind of understandings of what it means to give your relationship that time. And that's what we're going to do today. We're just going to run through real fast some simple things that we see here about what you need to do in giving your relationship that time. Uh, first thing is, you need to limit your time alone and think group. You're like, whoa, what? Wait a minute. I thought I was supposed to get to know this person. If I'm, if I'm going to get to know this person, well, I should be spending all my time with this person so I just get to know them intimately and deeply. No. No, actually, it's exactly the opposite, right? Look, look what happens in Song of Solomon. It says, he escorts me to the banquet hall. A banquet hall? Would you agree a banquet hall means a lot of people? He's taking you out in public with a gathering of a lot of people, a group of people. And it's obvious how much he loves me. How does she know how much he loves her? Because he's displaying that out in front of other people. It's easy to display it alone. The question is, how do you display that out in front of other people? See, the, the challenge to let your relationship marinate, grow in time... You have to be able to do that in public. You've got to be in arenas of relationships with other people. And you have to watch and discern, how does this person relate to me within the context of other people? For instance, if the person that you're really getting excited about and it seems like your relationship's maturing, if that person, when you're out in public, decides that the best way they can get a joke, the best way they can be really popular and, and uh, get people to laugh and be the center of the party is to do that joke at your expense, guess what's going to happen for the rest of your married life if you proceed in that relationship? They're going to do the same thing. They're going to be popular and get the chuckles in a group, but at whose expense? That's not what you want in a relationship, right? That, that's not the relationship that says put the other first, like Paul says. In Ephesians. So you need to learn those things. And the only place you're going to learn those things is when you see how they relate with other people. And so you need to make sure you spend time together, but you spend a lot of time together in group. Parents, this is one of the best tips you can give your young people, your teenagers especially, if they get to that place where they say, okay, I want to start dating. Fine, great. Do it in a group. Make sure they do it in a group and not alone. Okay? So first thing is, limit your time alone and think about groups. See how this person relates to you and others, right? And you'll discover more about this person. Second thing is, you need time apart. You need time apart. And you need to be in those same gender relationships that you had before this other person came into your life. Look again at Solomon and the Shulamite woman. She says, Ah, I hear my lover coming. He is leaping over the mountains, bounding over the hills. Must be Superman. My lover is like a swift gazelle and a young stag. Look, there he is behind the wall, looking through the window, peering into the room. Hopefully he's not a peeping Tom, but anyway, she's learning something, isn't she? Yes. No, but you see, he's coming, which means what? They've been 
apart. They've been apart. Do you ever notice what often happens in, in relationships where, where they start just you know, feeling like they're falling in love and all of a sudden all they can do is spend time only with each other? And, and all of a sudden they start cutting off these relationships that were important before this other person came into their life? And, and they start walking away from friendships. They never seem to be able to go out together. Somehow they just kind of close down and they just become attached to the hip. That's not healthy. That's not good. Because you need to be a part and you need to get the insight and the awareness of other people into your relationship. You see, you may have same gender relationships with some people that are really godly, have really good insight, you really respect them, and you know over a history of time you can trust them. And those are the people that you need to be able to gather with and you need to be able to listen to. And some of them may come to you sometime and say, I love you, but i got to tell you, I don't know what you see in them. I don't know what you see in them. You ever hear that before? That may be an important word. And you can't get that word if you're just locked into each other. So it's important that you spend time apart and you maintain those relationships with others and you invite this person into those relationships. Invite them into your family experiences. Invite them into the stuff that's going on. Okay? So time apart. You need to keep those same gender relationships alive. Third thing. You need to spend this time so you can see this person in various seasons and situations. You need to see who this person really is and, and how they react in the variety of life's situations and seasons. Right? If you look again at the book uh, Song of Solomon, it says, Look, the winter is past and the rains are over and gone. The flowers are springing up. The seasons of singing birds has come. The cooing of turtle doves fills the air. The fig trees are forming young fruit and the fragrant grapevines are blossoming. What are they describing? Time is passing. Seasons are moving through. Right? You, you need to experience this person over some seasons. Right? You can't move too fast. You need time to experience them over seasons. So, for instance, in baseball season, you may have a lot of time because they're not a huge baseball fan. But when football season hits and fantasy football leagues start, you may find out they're a different person because they're tied into the fantasy football league and you're not going to see them again, right? Or, or you have this wonderful thing that happens in relationships where you convince yourself, well, you know, once we get married, once we get married, heard that phrase? Once we get married... You know, I know right now he spends all his time at night playing video games, but once we get married, yeah, guess what's going to happen once you get married? He'll spend all his nights playing video games, and you'll go to bed early. See, you need to experience this person in the seasons and the situations of their life. How do they respond to stress? How do they respond to disappointment? How do they deal with their anger? See, these are all important things. You've got to discover and learn about this person. And you can only discover that if you give your relationship time to marinate. And you see them in the variety of seasons and situations. Now, here's the hard one. The hard one is you also need to have time to be able to grow in your relationship 
so you can have transparent disclosure. There has to come a time before you get married when you can sit down with this person and you can share with them the things that they just need to know about you. Some things that you otherwise might like to keep hidden in your life. Here's where it is in the Song of Solomon. This is Solomon uh, talking about the Shulamite woman. He says, My dove is hiding behind the rocks, behind an outcrop on the cliff. Let me see your face. Let me hear your voice. So she's hiding, and what does he want? To step forward, hear her voice, see her face. He wants disclosure, right? This is the important thing. We need to make sure that before we enter into the marriage relationship, we share those important things that we just need to share. And some of them may be tough. Some of them may be embarrassing. Some of them may be situations that you wish had never happened in your life. But somewhere along the way, you need to be able to share the important things with this other person before marriage. Now, let me give you a hint. As you share those things, it doesn't mean you need to share every detail. So if you're talking about the difficult situation of saying, well, listen, I had some other relationships before I met you, and they were pretty intimate relationships. Well, you need to share that. But you need to to share their names. You don't need to share their hat sizes. You know what I mean? But you, you need to share the important things. Why is this important? Forgiveness can be freely given before marriage. After marriage, it's no longer a free gift. Think about it. Before marriage, before you make that covenant experience, and you discover something really significant about this person, a disclosure, you can freely forgive, just the way God freely forgives us, right? You can freely forgive. But after marriage, you're already in it. You're already in it. The covenant is already made. And you may need to give forgiveness, but it's not free anymore. In order for the relationship to continue, forgiveness has to be exercised, but it's not as free as it was before marriage. Does this make sense? You need to freely give it. And to freely receive it, you've got to be able to step forward and have that time of disclosure and be able to share those difficult things. This is vital to building that relationship. Time to disclose. It also leads you then into a time of exposing the issues. Uh, married folks, are there issues that arise in marriage? I see some heads nodding. Absolutely, right? And the more of those issues that you can deal with before marriage, the whole lot easier and better your marriage is going to be, right? What does it mean? Well, you need to sit down and talk about just important things. The way the Song of Solomon describes it, it describes it like foxes, okay? Here's the description. It says, catch all the foxes, those little darn foxes, before they ruin the vineyard of love, for the grapevines are blossoming. Okay, so what's the description? So the vineyards were surrounded by stone walls, often with some hedges on top, to keep the foxes from getting into the vineyard, especially during the season when the grapes were just blossoming. Right? When they're blossoming. Why? Because the foxes would come in and those little foxes would eat the blossoms. And if they come in and they eat the blossoms on the vine, guess what you don't get? 
Grapes. You don't get grapes. You don't get the good stuff, right? And so there's these issues that crop into relationships, and you've and you got to just make sure you deal with those issues so that once you're in marriage, you're both on the same track. Things like this. You need to talk about, well, what's your career goals? Or where do you want to live? I mean, two doors down from mom and dad for the rest of your life? Good thing to know if that's where your partner wants to live. Amen? Yeah, absolutely. You need to know. What, what about kids? Do you plan to have kids? Do you hope to have kids? You want to have eight kids? I want to have one? We better talk about this. There's all kinds of things that, that roll out into life and marriage, and it's important to talk about those things before you get to the place of that covenant. And so those are the little foxes that can come in and they can take away the blossoms of everything your marriage can become. They create conflict if you don't talk about them before marriage. So give your relationship time to expose the issues and work through the issues and figure it out if your marriage is going to be mature, if your relationship is going to mature uh, to marriage. Now here's the challenge. As we're, as we're maturing this relationship, if, if you follow the marinade, right, and you take all this time that we're talking about, one of the difficulties is you're going to grow deeper and deeper in your relationship. You've already got the emotion going, right, of, of being just head over heels for this person, but now you're learning more and more about them that hopefully continues to solidify the relationship and build the relationship. As that happens, one of the biggest risks to you is being, a, being in that position where you forfeit your purity in your sexual relationship. And I know right now you're saying, oh, okay, it's back to the sex thing before marriage. Yes, I am. Because uh, this is so important. Young people especially. Listen up. This is so important. Here's the truth. When you enter into intimacy with another person before marriage, you stop seeing them for who they really are. Because the design of sexual intimacy is to bond you together. And it skewers your viewpoint. It blurs your vision of who this person really is because you've already given yourself so intimately to the other person. And, and remember, what are we doing in this, this season of marinade? Well, in the season of marinade, we're trying to find out who is this person really is, right? That's the goal here, to find out who they really are. And if you put sexual intimacy into the mix before marriage, you, you can't see that because there's another power at work. Now, this is really hard. Notice even for Solomon and the Shulamite woman. This is chapter 3, and this is the, the Shulamite woman saying, One night as I lay in bed, I yearned for my lover. I yearned for him, but he did not come. Does she have desire, sexual desire developing? Yeah, it's wrapped up in the word yearn. Right? And she's lying where? Hint. In bed. Right? Right. So this, this, this is welling up in her. Why? Because her relationship is maturing. Her relationship is deepening. And she's found out the stuff about this incredible guy. And she likes what she sees. And even the disclosures. Everything's, everything's moving along. And the relationship's deepening. And as that happens yearning evolves. It's, it's the way it works. But notice the outcome. She had the yearning, but he did not show up. He was able to keep the boundaries. you got to commit to the boundaries. Talked about it last week. And remember where we kind of started, right? 
It says, Promise me, O women of Jerusalem, by the gazelles and wild deer, not to wake in love until the time is right. You can't let that loose until the time is right in the covenant of marriage. So it becomes a celebration of your bonding, right? And, and you keep perspective before marriage. How can you do that? Here's just one thing that we learned from the Song of Songs. One of the things you can do to help keep that bond of purity in your relationship is to let others know that you've made that commitment. Just invite others into that knowledge. Just, just tell some close friends that, listen, we've made this agreement and we're, gonna, we're just not going to enter into sexual intimacy before marriage. Just tell somebody, you know, as many as you need to. If you look at Song of Solomon, it says, Who is it fragrant with myrrh and frankincense and on uh, every kind of spice? Hence the title of the message. Look, it is Solomon's carriage, surrounded by 60 heroic men, the best of Israel's soldiers. They're all skilled swordsmen, experienced warriors. Each wears a sword on his thigh, ready to defend the king against an attack in the night. What's Solomon got? He's got 60 guys holding him back. Got to have a lot of yearning to knock down 60 guys, right? He's got 60 guys surrounding him, right? Well, that's what you need. You need, you need people you trust, people you respect in the Lord, who, who you can just confide in and share with and say, hey, keep me accountable. Keep me accountable. So it's not just for the sake of your relationship, but there's some accountability outside of your relationship. And so you can keep that sexual intimacy in the right time, in the right place, so you can see this person for who they really are. Now, some of you may not be in that place. You may have advanced too fast, right? And, and, and you've, you've let the emotions get control of you and you advance too fast. If that's happened, hey, forgiveness is good. Forgiveness is really good. And, and you can make that commitment to purity even now and just say, okay, that was then, this is now, we're new in the Lord, right? Jesus says, in Christ we are a new creation. You can be a new creation today. Just let forgiveness flow and make that commitment from this time forward so you can see that person the way they really are. And if you do that, when you get to the end, here's the goal. The goal is that when you give your relationship that simmer time, that marinade time, you'll get to a place of confident commitment. Look what, uh, look what uh, she says. My lover is mine and I am his. He browses among the lilies before the dawn breezes blow and the night shadows flee. Return to me, my love, like a gazelle or a young stag on the rugged mountain. Isn't that a great statement to begin with? My lover is mine and I am his. What's happening? They have given it seasons and simmering and marinade and they've grown to the place where they say, wow, this is the one. This is the one. See, you don't want to be standing up at the altar in front of me getting ready to get married and have the question running through your mind, gosh, am I doing the right thing? Right? You want to say, this is the one. And when you give your relationship the time to simmer and season and marinate, you get to that place of confident commitment in Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for just the uh, straightforward insight today of the time that we need uh, and we know in the middle of that time, we're not alone, but you are right there. You're, you're opening our eyes. You're giving us insight in the power of your Holy Spirit. And we just pray that you'd help us to take this truth now, bring it into our relationships. And even if we're uh, already married, that we can 
just take those same insights and say, hey, wait, there's, there's some things we need to talk about, some th- stuff we need to discover about one another, or we can pass it on to our children and just let them know how you've designed relationship to grow. So give us the wisdom today and the insight from Solomon and from this uh, Shulamite bride that we could just apply that to make our relationships absolute commitment, confident commitment, because you bring us to that place. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.